we were basically doubling every year wow. and it was uh like from 2012 on and then that hit and you could just see like sales just went wow. and we're like man what are we gonna do well, hey, 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 what's up, everyone? Welcome to the Rock Your Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Boker, a serial entrepreneur on a mission to help you. This show is designed to teach you, to inspire you, to motivate you, to take massive action and build a future-proof business. So whether you're just starting out or taking your existing business to the next level, this is your home. Now, if you're ready, I'm ready. Let's rock your brand. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Rock Your Brand Podcast. This is episode 867, and today I've got another awesome interview, a featured guest. His name is Josh Felber, and he is someone that I relate to as far as being a parent, being an entrepreneur, and being busy. And the cool thing is, is that he really focuses on trying to help people like us really simplify, but also make time. And he has a really cool thing that he does with his kids. So this way here, he doesn't necessarily feel like he's away from them. He actually has a way of including them. And he has some young kids too, where he's making them part of the process. And I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Josh and I also went into a few other directions that I didn't plan on, which I thought were really cool, even just in Facebook ads and how recently he got a pretty good slap in one of his businesses and uh, they kind of had to scramble a little bit and figure out what they were going to do because this was one of their main channels, uh, him and his wife on one of their brands and was bringing in a lot of sales and a lot of leads and uh, Facebook decided to shut their entire account down. And so we dive into that, but it just goes to show you that we all have these challenges. We all, as we grow, we have more challenges and it's okay as long as we are prepared for them, but also if we always put what we are shooting for first, and that is, in our case, my case and Josh's case, is really our why, our families. And uh, he is going to really give you some insights on that and how he's been able to do it and how he's still, right now, figuring things out along the way. And I just really wanted to have him on to have him share his thoughts because, again, he's a father, I'm a father, and I know that it's hard a lot of times as being an entrepreneur, but being busy. And how do you separate that? How do you, how do you still be able to reach those goals that you want to reach for yourself and not neglect your family? And the other cool thing is he talks a lot about really taking the knowledge from the top 1% and then using that as like his models, like what he looks as as far as successful entrepreneurs. And uh, that's another thing that we're going to be talking about. So guys, I'm going to stop talking though. So you guys can listen to this interview, this candid interview that I did with Josh Felber. So sit back, relax and enjoy. What's up, Josh? Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day. How you doing, man? Awesome, Scott. Yeah, super excited to be here. And uh, just an honor to be on the show and really dig in and share some amazing information with your audience. Yeah, no, I'm excited to, to dive into some of these topics that I know that you've been really, uh, I guess, making part of who you are now. And I'd, I'd like to dig into like more of that stuff as we, as we go further. You and I were just briefly talking about how tough it is just to balance a lot of times for people, life and business and health and fitness and you know <laughs> everything in between. It's like, it's really hard. So really cool to get you on because I know that's a lot of what you speak to. So Dude, man, tell me a little bit about Josh. Let, let people sure. get kind of caught up on, on who this guy is that I got coming on today. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, so for me, I mean, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 14, um, have owned 15 companies over the years and had some great ones and other ones that weren't so great. <laughs> <laughs> been um, there. But, uh, <laughs> we, we can go into some of that later. But um, yeah, I mean, I uh, have three kids and my wife and we have a uh, natural uh, personal care company now selling. Uh, we make make manufacture everything. Um, the best natural dental care deodorant uh, skincare oh, wow. products out there, and uh, have have a podcast. And so, pretty busy. Um, 
and uh, you know, all my kids do martial arts, so we're doing that a lot during the week. I run our Krav Maga class, so it's it stays pretty busy, and um, you know, it uh, it's fun, and you know, just enjoy enjoying the time with the family, and mm. and then also the business. So, mm. so let's let's go back in the day a little bit. So uh, let let's go like like what were your hopes and dreams? I guess coming out of high school, like sure. what did you want to? What, what did you want to do back in the day when there was no limits? There was no like limiting beliefs. Well, there was, but as a kid, you're like, I can do anything, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, I knew, I, I mean, so I started my first company, my real company when I was 14. I was the first Commodore Amiga dealer in my area. Um, oh, wow. I got set up as a dealer. Uh, if anybody's around my age, 40, 46, you kind of know, you're familiar with those Commodore yep. computers and stuff. So, yep. um, but there was no other dealers. I knew I, I wanted to buy uh, a comp- that computer specifically for less than the $800 that it was going for. And mm-hmm. so I figured out how to do all that. So I kind of knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. didn't know what direction I wanted to go. Um, I got into investments during high school, um, was uh, the number one in this investment challenge uh, that AT&T and US Today sponsored. So I thought I kind of wanted to head that direction for a little while. Oh, wow. Um, and then uh, right out of uh, high school, I started working for a company um, in sales. Um, we were the first company to start putting in electronic credit card terminals way back before mm. um, there was, you swipe the card. None of that was around back then. Yeah. And so uh, I started doing that and did really well with them. Ended up opening five or, I think five or six offices. They moved me down to Louisiana. So I was down in Louisiana, Mississippi, the, the southern area from Ohio. And then I was like, man, I can do this. And so I left, moved to Dallas. Uh, I grew up loving the Dallas Cowboys. So I figured that's the closest big, cool city that I wanted to go. So I right. went there. And uh, started uh, Company Merchant Financial Services, which then grew to one of the largest point of sale uh, acquirers at that time and built it to over 25,000 customers in like five and a half years and, wow. and sold the company and stuff. So that was kind of the, the big kickoff for entrepreneurship. How, how long did you do that for? How long um, were you it was about five and a half years. Okay. So about five yep. and a half years. Yep. I mean, that sounds like a... Uh, an unusual story for a kid in high school and then coming out. I know when I was in high school, I had long hair and I wanted to be a rock star. So uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was my dream back then. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my dream. Um, didn't happen by the way. Uh, but here we are, you know, a few years later, I do have a podcast called the Rocky brand podcast yeah. now. So that's kind of cool. But, um, but yeah, I, I didn't think, I guess, along those lines. So what inspired you at such an early age to be entrepreneurial? I mean, that's, not something I think that at 14, most kids are thinking about. Sure. Um, for me, I was, I mean, I read uh, Unlimited Power with Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. um, Think and Grow Rich, um, and Awaken the Giant. And that kind of got me mentally, I think, focused of, you know, like, cool, there's a lot more out there. There's, you know, kind of got me started in the personal development space. Mm-hmm. Um, back, uh, I had gotten the original Tony Robbins stuff on, uh, cassettes hmm. back then and yep. uh, at some point CDs and stuff. So, yep. um, so that kind of really, I think gave me a good jump start. Um, I really started to model a lot of what Tony teaches and stuff back when I was a kid and, and really implement it. And then when I started in sales working for the other company, um, they taught a lot on, uh, it, which I didn't know it at the time, but, uh, NLP and sales mm-hmm. and, um, cold calling, things like that, that would help later. Um, but I think one of the biggest things for me, um, especially back then and then starting all these companies in these years, I never really had that uh, fear factor. I wasn't like, oh, if I start this, you know, it, it's just not, it's not going to work out. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it didn't have that. And then the other part I think is just um, that relentless nature um, to continue to go after stuff and not give up. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. And I think it's important. Uh, to kind of also highlight, like you were influenced at a very young age with that type of stuff. And yep. not a lot of kids are, and that could just because of their parents. It could be, you know, just whatever. I know my kids, they hear about it all the time, even when For they were sure. little, they're hearing about it all the time. They're talking, I'm talking about mindset. I'm talking about, I mean, gosh, I got my 
my buddy John Gordon's book, Stay Positive, one, oh, yeah. one positive quote every morning, like awesome. the whole thing, right? Like, so I totally am on board with that, but I wasn't raised that way. My father sure. was a farmer, you know what I mean? Well, he grew up as a farmer, but then he was in construction and worked for General Electric for years and yeah. stuff, but it ne that was never instilled in me. So who kind of set the spark for you? Like, was it an infomercial at night? You were up late one night and you got hit with an <laughs> infomercial? Like, what happened? Did Tony you show know, up I think that's probably what I did. That's probably where I heard about yeah. Tony Robbins was the infomercial. Okay. Um, no, I mean, my dad, he, um, I mean, great parents. Um, my mom, just stay at home, um, you know, awesome, phenomenal. And my dad, he just, he was a tech computer kind of techie guy. So he would fix like hospital equipment and stuff. Okay. So, we had gotten a Commodore 64 when I was younger and I learned how to code and do all that stuff. So that's kind of where I got the techie kind of background. I think mm. that, but now nobody really entrepreneurial in that side of things. Um, my, um, I think my one uncle, he had his own CPA firm, things like that. Uh, so, okay. that, you know, being, being around them and stuff, but I mean, no, not, no drill direct, um, influence in those areas. Mm. Um, from anyone but um yeah i think it was just seeing must seeing tony probably on a infomercial right. late night and yep. um was like man i gotta get his books and and then yeah. asked my parents to help get, get get the books and stuff one christmas or birthday probably and yeah uh start and it just kind of kicked off from there so it's something how that one that one thing kind of like started you down that road uh it's funny i i have a, a similar story is you know although my mother-in-law was throwing away, not throwing away there. She was donating, um, the cassette tapes in the book. You know, you had the book oh, and you had the cassette yeah. tapes for Tony Robbins. I forget what program it was. It could have been awaken the giant from within. I forget personal power, personal, right. whatever, it, but it was personal power is one of his originals. Yeah. That might've been the one. And it was cassettes. And I remember seeing it and, and I, I was supposed to go bring them to the Salvation Army or something. And I, I go, you know, I'll hang on to this one. I'll throw <laughs> a cassette in. I, I was probably around 2021 20, at the time. Okay. And that kind of woke me up. I was like, holy crap, like this is good stuff. Like I never thought like this before, you know? And right. Oh yeah. Kind of just woke me up. Like it says, you know, it kind of woke me up inside. So it's just interesting how everyone kind of has like that, that thing. And um, it's just interesting to kind of hear your story. So let's, let's kind of, okay. So if I was to say, okay, I look at you, everything has been great, man. You started another, you know, you started a company, then you start another company and everything you touch, man, turns to gold. Right. Everything Josh turns to gold. I need That's to hear something. Hope. <laughs> I need I need to hear something that didn't turn to gold, that tested you, that pushed you, um, that made you say, like, man, should I still be doing this? Or, you know, maybe this isn't the right direction for me. I mean, because me, I I've had tons of pivots along the way just sure. from growing, right? Like you're growing, right. you're like, oh, yeah. oh, I didn't know I could do that. So let us let us hear a little bit about that. If you don't mind. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, I think, so one of the, I had a um, company we started, um, it was actually with a good childhood friend. And um, we were in right before all the Fast and Furious stuff took off. So we're like, oh, you know, we, we were fixing um, the, the imports and sports car performance type stuff. Um, oh, okay. He was more the tech kind of car tech guy. I was the marketing. And so <laughs> we launched it. and. Uh, actually starting to do pretty well with it and everything. And then, um, and then one day he ended up, he was moving, he went and got a real job kind of a thing and ended up moving. And then I just kind of created that wedge between us. And so we ended up shutting the business down. Um, just kind of lost its whole flavor and, you know, mm. interest and everything in it. So, um, I mean, I have, you know, different little startups here and there. I've would get to start it. So for me, I'm like, I'm, I'm the fast starter. I started, get it going, but then I kind of need that person after that to continue to care, move, continue to move it mm -hmm. forward. So mm -hmm. that way I'm working on like the next thing in the business and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So if I don't have that, it makes it sometimes challenging and sometimes I procrastinate on yeah. <laughs> stuff right. with that. So, right. So do you, do you think that for you personally, like you found somewhat of a, well, you, an interest obviously, but a love for and a passion for marketing. Like, like, is that something that you feel like kind of carries you because it's kind of like you can take that wherever you go. I'm just trying to see like, what gets you lit up to kind of want to do something. You see opportunity, but then you're like, 
I could see how we could help more people. We can get this in front and I'm the mark. I can do marketing because I've learned that. Like, what is it for you? Yeah, no, it's, uh, you know, and actually I ended up learning marketing. Um, so we launched when, um, my wife started our, um, uh, natural personal care brand, Primal Life Organics. Um, it, it was growing organically. And then at some point when like Facebook organic growth kind of died with all the algorithm mm -hmm. changes, things like that. Sure. Um, she was like, okay, well, we got to do something else. And so I was like, oh yeah, there's, you know, found there's people that build like funnels and do this and Facebook ads and all that. And so I connected her with people that I had met or whatever. Well, we ended up like spending, you know, $250,000 with these different companies to figure out like none of them were the right ones and they were just oh, kind of no. screwing you over. So I was like, man, I got to figure this out. And so yeah. started learning about funnels and ads and all this kind of stuff. I was like um, one of the first ones in um, Russell Brunson's uh, mastermind. Okay. And really started learning. That's where I met a lot of, a lot of cool people that are still good friends today and stuff. But um, so that's when I really, uh, so I kind of had to figure it out. And, and, and I'm like, Oh man, I like this. I really enjoy it. And just that, that has just become, you know, it's something that's easy now to be able to do and, and to build out and everything. Um, so now for Prime Life then I oversee kind of that digital strategy and vision side of things for the company, um, and growing it. Um, so, so we have some internal teams and some external teams and things like that, that we now mm. use to, uh, run all of our digital media and everything. Yeah, I think that's a really great point because uh, you learned it out of necessity uh, yeah. and then you're like, okay, now I can do this. And I always tell people like, if there's one skill, I think, and this is my personal uh, belief anyway, is like one skill as far as business goes, it's like getting in front of people, right? It's right. like, if I, can, if I can figure out a way to get my message in front of people and I have a good offer that's going to help them and, you know, I can do that. I mean, pretty much you can write your own ticket, but oh, yeah, yeah. it's not, it's finding the right, the right person to either do that or you need to become that person. So you've actually, you went through, you've spent a lot of money and you're like, I need to become the person. And then you can kind of delegate it. Right. Is that kind of what you did? Oh, well, first I was like, I need to become the person cause, uh, to make sure we're hiring the right companies <laughs> okay. not to really okay. go do it. But okay. then I was like, Oh wait, I like this. It's enjoyable. Mm. And it's interesting cause I look back and one of the companies that I was a minority owner in called, uh, we, we had a company called Slim Mints and we had these natural mints that had, uh, or uh, mints that, uh, like an Altoid, but it had natural weight loss ingredients in it. Okay. And um, I started, they brought me on to do um, sales and get us into the retail chains and things like that. And in about three years, we were in like 45,000 stores all over and everything oh else. My gosh. Um, wow. But the initial way we built the brand, and this was in 2000 two or three right around there when we kicked it off. But the initial we built it was direct to consumer. So we had a website, we were taking PayPal for payments, we were doing that. So I kind of had some of that initial online experience, mm. um, learning and doing that without knowing that's what I was doing. Mm. And then and then started calling on all the retailers. But I mean, like, I'm glad like back when I was with that first payment processing company, they taught me how to cold call because I mean, we went like a solid year of nonstop cold calling, showing wow. up at retailers, trying to get appointments without even like getting a meeting or getting in to see somebody. Um, it took a year to do that. And then once we got that first one, then it kind of was like the next year and a half was all just like, that's when the growth happened. So what's the secret to getting through the nose, man, and keep going? Ah, uh, being persistent and relentless. And I mean, we fortunately, it was kind of cool because, and I didn't really know what it was back then, but one of the owners on our, uh, on our team, he was a copywriter. He's a, a nutritional oh. copywriter. And yeah. now I'm like, oh man, now that, like, now I look back, I'm like, that's what he was doing. And we would send out like a letter a week with samples to these different okay. buyers. And okay. then I was making phone calls and uh, trying to set up appointments or trying to travel there and, and mm. get in front of people and everything. But, um, you know, so I kind of had all these pieces throughout my journey that was leading up to, okay, cool. Now it kind of stacks up and helps with what we're doing now and everything. So let's talk about that, like what you're doing now. I'm glad that you shared some of those stories too, because it wasn't all perfect, right? And there was yeah. challenges. I mean, you and your wife had a company, you had organic reach, and then all of a sudden our organic reach goes away and you're like, oh crap, 
Now what do I do? Right. And that's a, that's an important piece because that was for a lot of people that was like awesome. Right. And the same thing goes, I mean, I've kind of been known in the space for like e-commerce and Amazon. Right. Yep. And yeah, yeah. we all know that Amazon is a, it's a platform. It can change, right? Pinterest is a search platform for content in a sense. Right. Yeah. It changes all the time. And so you were somewhat dependent on that organic reach. It went away. Sure. And all of a sudden you're like, now what do I do? And that, I mean, at that point, what, I mean, you're kind of scrambling, right? You're like, does this even work? Like we, how are we going to get people to see it? Like, yeah, no. And I mean, cause it was like, cause we were on a good like growth. Um, we were basically doubling every year wow. and it was uh, like from 2012 on and then that hit and you could just see like sales just went wow. and we're like, man, what are we going to do? And mm -hmm. you know, we have a small team now and, and everything. And um, you know, fortunately we didn't have a huge overhead yet at that point. Um, but so we, we could, we were still pretty nimble and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, and that's when you, you got to start, looking at, okay, what are the other options? Oh, okay. Ads and, you know, Oh, Facebook ads. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if we really want to do those. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we started working with back then some influencers in the paleo side of stuff and bloggers. And so that helped a lot in between mm -hmm. as we were trying to figure out the whole digital strategy and, and what we're doing. But I mean, once we kind of really got it jamming, I mean, what was it? 2000, yeah, 2017, um, we ended up having a um, free plus shipping offer on one of our uh, month's supply of our tooth powder for brushing your teeth and everything. And I mean, that year we were able to generate through a funnel that we created um, on a free plus shipping offer over 1.2 million in sales, 66,000 new customers and things like that. And so um, once we kind of found what worked and, and who our target demo and stuff was, um, you know, we were able to really get it dialed in. And that was something we built and ran in house and everything. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting because, you know, I'll talk to a lot of people that are selling like one product, right? They're selling right. one product and they're like, I want to run Facebook ads and I want to sell my one product. And at that point, they don't understand that it's more than one product that's going to make that ad work, right? We both right. know oh, you yeah. got to usually sell something and just hopefully cover ad costs or maybe lose money, but you know, you can make it on the back end. Let's talk about that real quick. And maybe you can give some people some, some tips on this because maybe you've had some experience with it. You sell a recurring, uh, you know, a recurring uh, subscription type product, but what if you didn't sell that? What would you recommend someone do um, to make that work if they had one or two products and that was it? Would it be create something as a self-liquidating offer? Like, what would you, sure. what would you recommend for that? Yeah, no. Uh, so, good question. I mean, we have over 80 products, so um, we do about... I don't know, probably not even probably like an eighth of our revenue right now is only reoccurring. Um, that's an area. So we're on Shopify. So we've always struggled with the reoccurring payment apps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like they work and then they don't work. And so that's, that, that's always been the struggle there or we'd have probably more, but, um, but I mean, from a, a product standpoint, yes, we have over 80 different products between the different areas. Um, mm -hmm. Some have better margins than others, but I mean, if somebody has, or trying to figure out what they're going to do. Um, so like uh, our, we homeschool all of our kids and everything. And um, our daughter a couple years ago started to, she wanted to create natural products for pets. And so she launched a pet company called paleo pets, oh, nice. but she's got physical products that get created here. They got to pack them, they got to ship them. So um, about a six months, six, eight months ago, my boys were like, Hey, you know, we want to start a business and all that. So I'm like, well, you guys got to come up with an idea that, you don't have to have inventory. You don't have to have um, uh, staff and all that. And so mm -hmm. they um, do like a gratitude journal um, every morning and night and things like that. So they're like, cool, can we, we want to take gratitude quotes and put them on t-shirts and mm -hmm. then, but then have it already printed and shipped and everything else. So they build out a company called gratitudegear.com oh, nice. and they have um, like these shirts here with gratitude quotes, and everything on them. Yeah. They're like super soft. And you know, they don't, the only part that they have to do is create ads and create the marketing and everything else. And part of their homeschool is learning how to do marketing and all that. But what's super funny and cool is the ads that they create, like when they hit Pinterest and on their Instagram, like I, I get like a little message that says this ad on, or this um, video on Pinterest has hit over a thousand views in the last 24 hours. And so <laughs> they've been interviewed a few times on different podcasts that I've got them on. 
And, uh, you know, they ask them, they're like, it's easy. I don't know why people don't think of it. You want to make the ads funny and you want to have good music. And then at the end, if you want, put it, put your website so people know where to go. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like they break it down. So super simple. So to answer your question, kind of a, a long story here was, you know, find something you know, especially right now too, is I mean, something where you don't have to have a staff, something where you don't have mm -hmm. to sit there, you know, and make and create products. And, you know, a lot of people talk about like the drop shipping and, and, and the mm -hmm. products from China and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you can do that. But, you know, a lot of times, especially now, there's such a significant delay with those products coming oh, into yeah. the US with COVID mm -hmm. and all those kind of issues and things like that. It sure. makes it a little more challenging. So find something simple that you can do at home. Um, something that's a passion. I mean, they, they love the whole thing around gratitude and all that and sharing mm -hmm. it and, and wanted to put it out there. And I mean, they're, I mean, they turn 10 next week, so that's great. They can do it. Anybody else out there can do it. I love that story. And I just love it that your kids are like, yeah, we're going to start a business. We're going to start, you know, we're going to start running some ads and stuff. It's like, man, <laughs> If that's a skill set to learn, like anyone yeah. listening right now, like start teaching your kids how to run like paid ads and you'll, you'll be good, man, for life, right? Like, you can, oh, yeah. like, oh my gosh, like, and not even if they worked for you, but people hire people and pay them a lot of money to run their ads for them. So that's a skill that I think, I mean, it's, it's not taught in school. We know that, no. right? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta literally do it, but I just love it. The kids are out there hustling and learning and, uh, and that's just really cool. So on a t-shirt, they're, they're using a, a service that's print on demand, I'm sure. And yeah, print on demand. To, yeah, it's all US-based like print on demand facilities yeah. they found. I mean, that's, that's beautiful. So, I mean, we got 10-year-old kids here. So uh, if you're listening right now and you're wondering how to make it work, um, that's how. But uh, back to what I was saying, I, as far as like the product. So the way that I look at it is if you have one product, you got to have more than one product, right? right. Or you got to be able to have something on the front end that doesn't cost you anything, whether that's creating a digital guide, whether that's a book, whether it's whatever, you got to have something that's going to try to cover the cost so you can make it up or you got to have crazy margins um, that are able to make it work. Well, yeah. And to, to that point, so our free plus shipping offer um, <clears throat> was, it's a month's supply of our tooth powder, but the average order value of the cart going through that funnel was like twenty two fifty. So we were able to, and, and I mean, in 2017, it was great because we were getting CPAs for like six, six to $8. So wow. we wow. could make it convert really well. We yeah. tried it more recently and it's harder to convert. We got to get a higher AOV to make yep. it even just break even yeah. um, with ad costs. Wow. But now who knows with all the big, uh, big uh, ad or the big um, retailers and stuff and companies pulling off Facebook right now for ads, mm. you know, we, ad costs, I, we've been seeing our CPAs in general go down right now, which is great. Are, are you, are you seeing Facebook ads as being your primary or you're doing Instagram? Is it Pinterest, uh, Google ads? Yeah. So, so the good and the bad. So we've been on, I think about five years, let's see. Yeah. About five years we've been running, um, Facebook ads. And a few months ago <laughs> we've spent, I don't know, we spent over like, $3 million in Facebook ads and things wow. like that over the year, over the last few years. And, but a few months ago we got our ad account shut down and like, I've, it's been like permanently banned basically. Oh my and gosh. For, like it was, it was a crazy thing. Like literally we have a natural hand protector product that we've had. We just, we've always run ads to it. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden Facebook changed their rules sometime in the end of March I mean, we don't, we never got a thing saying, Hey, your yeah. ads now are not right. compliant. Right. And literally like 10 days after that, our ad account was shut down, like all the way up to our business manager level, even our wow. uh, contractor that we have that was helping us run our ads and set the ads up. Mm -hmm. Their personal account got shut down. Like, Oh my gosh. And we still haven't been able to get it um, back up. And like, we've tried to work through our reps, stuff like that. So fortunately now, um, we've worked around it and we have a new, another business manager and ad account set up and mm. pixels and stuff drop, but now we're totally rebuilding all of our audience data. Wow. We're totally like having to re it's basically starting from scratch and stuff right now. So, um, but where I was going with that was we found out though, through that, that we're not dependent on Facebook and Instagram because our revenue didn't drop during that time. Mm. So, <laughs> right. um, fortunately we have enough revenue from other areas and things like that 
um, that are able to drive traffic and, and everything to our site. Um, I mean, we lose some of our retargeting and, and we lose sure. some of our easy to be able to spin up prospecting and testing and stuff during mm-hmm. that time frame. But fortunately for the 60, 60, 70 days that it was down and now starting from scratch, we haven't lost any revenue drop. How important uh, is email to you still these days? Um, emails definitely still important. Um, we see a lot, we see a lot less engagement now with email than we did two, three, four years ago. And, uh, mm-hmm. with it, um, we used to be able to send an email to 80,000 people and, you know, 20, 30% opens and mm-hmm. like it, you, you would see like a spike in purchases when it would go sure. out. It's probably 15% opens now mm-hmm. and <laughs> you see a mild yep. spike compared yep. to what it was. But, um, we use a lot of, um, SMS now. Um, mm-hmm. we have an app, um, we've been pulling, getting people in where we can do push notifications, um, which is helps a lot. Cause those are usually pretty hot people that are, have mm-hmm. your app and, and, and then respond to the push, push notifications. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I look at the email as, you know, it's still around. People are still using it. Um, I still use it. I like it. It's probably mm. one of the better uh, ways of, I mean, if you're, if you're comparing it to social, right? Like people have these massive Instagram oh, yeah. followings and it's like 1% yeah. and it's like, you're spending all this time and energy to do this vanity metric that means crap, but yet you have an email list that can get you even a 15% is way better than an oh, Instagram, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's, that's kind of what the way I see it, but I agree. There's always going to be other avenues, but it's a good thing. You had the email list. It's a good thing that you have, um, SMS. So you can do all of those other things. So you weren't relying on just the, the Facebook ads. Once that, you know, once that went away for a little while, it didn't yep. really hurt the business for sure. Yeah. No, you know? fortunately not. Yeah. So, okay. Let's, let's move into, uh, really about what you're about now. Like what's got you fired up right now. I know it's a lot about just getting this thing up here, right? Right. The mindset, um, you know, balancing life and business and, and everything in between. So where do you want to take this? I'm going to give, I'm going to give the floor to you because I I know that you really do have a passion for this really. Um, and I want to hear more about it myself and I want to dig into this. Yeah. And and that's one of the big things I started to really focus on over the last couple of years is, you know, what areas, you know, that I've been able to develop and, and figure things out in that have been able to spill over. And I get a lot of questions about all the time. So different masterminds I've been in or speaking and things like that, you know, people always ask about um, like faith, family, fitness, kind of health is what I f- lump under fitness and then mm-hmm. uh, entrepreneurship business. And so a lot of, it was, Oh, since I was always getting asked that, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, let me create kind of like a framework or, you know, different ways for people so they can help improve whether it was faith, family, fitness, and entrepreneurship. And, you know, in those areas are all important, I think, because um, faith is, you know, that connection to some higher power, God, you know, whatever that is for you. Um, right. And, you know, and, and how that helps in your life. And then, you know, then your family, you know, that's who, who you surround yourself with your, if you have kids or your significant other mm-hmm. and everything. And then you got to have your health to help all of that. And then obviously your entrepreneur, for me, it's entrepreneurship, um, you know, uh, overall. So that's kind of way I look at a framework of, mm-hmm. you know, where I'm at and how, how, how I'm doing in general overall. Um, and one of the things I found out, and this kind of started uh, back when our daughter was born in 08, um, in you know, having a business, um, and then uh, in 2010, uh, I started a CrossFit that, uh, and then several others after that, that ramped up pretty quickly. And it's like, okay, how do I make sure I'm spending enough time with them, but not getting pulled away from the business and everything else? So I'm like, well, instead of trying to have to like balance on this like teeter talk, teeter tot type effect, because mm-hmm. um, then you're always struggling to keep your side mm-hmm. even, right. was why not? integrate. So why not integrate our kids and everybody into what we're doing, um, whether it was taking them to uh, events, whether it was, you know, traveling with them and you know, our nanny coming or my mom coming in town, depending where we were and, you know, hanging out. And so they were there with us. So we may go to the event and then we come back and spend time with them um, and, and do stuff. And so 
I think the integration part is huge because that allowed them to start being curious, like, Hey, well, what are you guys are doing? What is this with business? You know what? And that's kind of how our daughter got started. Like, Hey mom, you know, I see all your natural, um, personal care, skincare products. Well, these yeah. work on pets because everything in the pet stores is toxic and crap and everything else. Right, right. And so she figured that, you know, she started to figure that out. And I think if we would have not integrated into the business and what we're doing and everything else, then they probably wouldn't have that curiosity in that direction at all. Mm. And so, um, so that's why I talk about integration and, and bringing um, all that together. I, I love that actually. And I mean, I think, I think I've been doing that, not even knowing that I'm doing it. It's because it it's part like of it. my, yeah, it's part of my life. It's like, and all my kids, I've got three kids. I've got a, a 12 year old who is just literally, uh, what was it? Like maybe like a week ago, she's making horse treats because she's leasing a horse for the summer. And, and she's like, maybe I could start an Etsy shop and sell my, you know, my natural, again, natural, but for horses, right. like horse treats. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you could, you know? So it's like, it's just, it's a part of life for us and it's what they hear. Um, and it's also not, I guess it's making them not feel limited to only conforming mm. to what society is saying is right. right. It's going to college. You have to go to college in order to be successful. I'm, I have nothing against college. My son's going to college right now to be a physical education teacher because that's where he wants to go. But he right. has some entrepreneurial bug too. He's got a vertical jump business on the side that he's training kids <laughs> how to get higher vertical jumping. That's so cool. yeah, so uh, it's, it's a tough balance. But I think if you integrate it where you're not like you said, not saying like, Hey, listen, I'm busy right now. I can't talk about anything. You're actually right. bringing them in. If they want to know more, you're going to tell them more. And then they're going to know, Oh, an email opt-in. What kid knows? What 12 year old kid knows about an email <laughs> opt-in in school? Right, right for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's help some people now that are listening though, with that balance. Cause I think that's a big struggle for a lot of us. Yeah. We have a, we, we have a family, we have a full-time job, maybe still, we want to create freedom in our life. But then we also find out that when we start starting our business, we find out that we might be busier for a little while, a little bit busier than we were before. And then we're starting to neglect some of those other areas. What is, how, what's the framework for that balance? What would be something that you would advise someone? Sure. So for me, the way I structure it is <clears throat> in the mornings, instead of just like going off and like doing my own morning routine, the kids do that as well. So uh, we'll all meditate together. Then, you know, we all work out together. Um, you know, we'll usually do a, some kind of morning walk. Um, and a lot of times while we're walking that I'll talk to them about like success and mindset like you do. And, mm -hmm. you know, and then, uh, then I have them uh, or if, a lot of times we listen, we just, since we do martial arts in the evenings, we'll listen to audiobooks. So a lot of times I'll ask them questions. Well, what did you learn yesterday from mm -hmm. what we were going? So then they'll talk about, it. so it's cool. Cause I'll shoot a little video of each of them talking about whatever that success tip is that they come up with. Yeah. And then they go and post it on their Instagram for like success tips and different things that they're talking about. And so it bringing them into that kind of a thing instead of like, okay, I'm going to go do my morning routine. I'll come back and, you know, see a few minutes before I leave and go to work. For example, whether mm -hmm. you work in a business, whether you're an entrepreneur, sure. uh, you know, it, it's that, that's what I'm talking about. Integration. They're part of exactly that, what I'm doing. And then in the evenings, um, when we get back, um, having dinner together. So we all have dinner together. And then usually from that point, then I'm at martial arts with the kids for a couple hours in the evening. Um, and so I'm spending time with them there. Um, they may be doing their own thing and, um, uh, helping run classes or whatever it may be mm -hmm. for, but so always including them in that involvement and, and, mm -hmm. and what's happening instead of just be like, cool, I'm going to spend an hour with you and you know, that's it. And <laughs> mm -hmm. good luck after that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, I think that's great. Uh, and I think, uh, people can make that. I mean, if, again, if you have young kids, really young sure. kids, it's gonna be harder, right? Right. We, we understand that. I, I look at it as also there's going to, there's going to be some type of, I don't want to say sacrifice, but in a sense, I guess it is where if you're building a business, you might sacrifice some sleep when we all know sleep is important. I know when I was building, gosh, a brick and mortar business years ago, and I had young kids, like I had to stay up a little bit later that night to finish my website or <laughs> right. whatever. Yeah. And that's the trade-off, but I didn't want to miss out on the kids' activities or the baseball games or For sure. that stuff. So you build around it. But 
Um, but yeah, I think that's important. I think it's cool though. Like you said, integrate them, bring them, bring them in, like teach them like what you're doing and, and let them become curious and they might teach you something. You know? <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, and it, one thing, you know, comes up, it's like, Oh, people are sometimes are like, Oh, you know, what about time for me and that kind of a thing, mm. you know? And so like for me, after everybody goes to bed, um, they're usually, everybody's usually probably all in bed around 10, you know, mm. then it's like, I usually sit in our infrared sauna and then, and then kind of do some stuff reading and things like that in the evening. And then I'm usually in bed around 12 ish or so. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at that point, 1230. Mm-hmm. And, but that's kind of when I block out that time because <laughs> everybody's asleep. I don't have to worry about anything. Right. And then, and then you have that time for you or whatever. Right. Right. No, that's, that, that's all good. So, all right, let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, what would you give someone as a, as, well, actually I got two things for you. One sure. is what, what's, what's something that you would uh, leave someone with as like a nugget that you're like, you've learned over the years and if you would have known that it would have helped you tremendously is there something that comes to mind that you would help someone with yeah i mean for me um it probably is so i've been fortunate over the last few years to build a pretty significantly sized network um of people that i've been able to reach out to um one example is like and this is just it's it's not bragging it's just like hey being able to build my network has allowed me to do this um so we just put together our advisory board, um, for Primal Life Organics and, you know, on our advisory board, you know, we have Dave Asprey of Bulletproof Coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, we have, uh, another guy, gentleman by, uh, Jim Morrison, who's the ex president of L'Oreal, oh, wow. huge, uh, personal care brand. Um, doc, uh, Dr. Chris Zanio, he's the top chiropractor in the U S. Um, and, and then uh, another gentleman, um, Charlie McMinnon, who 25 years in the CPG space and was with Walmart and Nabisco and things like that. And then we have a, another big person um, that we're just finalizing agreements now that's extremely well known. Um, so by not being able to build my network over the years, I would have not been able to make that happen. Mm. And so um, for me, if I would have started that all the way back in my 20s, and thought, okay, cool, you know, I want to build my network and then created those relationships at that time, mm-hmm. like I do now, then it probably would have been 10x from there to where I would have been now. So let's ask this question. How do you build a good <laughs> network? That's the big question, right? You've built a network. You found out that that's your thing. How would you do it if you were doing that all over? No one knew who you were. Maybe you had a few people. You're, sure. you're gonna, you want to you want to build that network. Right? You're 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 advising a 19 year old kid right now. You're a 19 old a 19 year old Josh. Yeah, no, I guess yeah, it would be like what I do now. I mean, I try to create as much value for others. Um, yeah. And uh, I mean, Jay Abraham talks about it. Um, you know, your relationship capital. You know, mm-hmm. and it's banking that relationship capital. So. Um, you know, whether it's reaching out or you know, maybe it's on social, you start with, uh, and that's how a lot of them started. You know, I mean, I started retweeting back when Twitter was like the hot thing and it was the main thing out there and, uh, yeah. retweeting and messaging, um, with Gary Vaynerchuk at the time, you know, and then just been able to build that relationship with him over the years, mm-hmm. you know, to where if I need some, I need to ask him something, I can quick message him stuff like that. And so um, reaching out. But what I did is I always, I never asked him for anything. I mean, I would just, I would retweet a lot. I would, you know, post stuff like on social and things like that. And, you know, you, when you start doing that, other people are like, Oh wow, what is this person doing? And actually it was funny. We just, um, we're at, uh, we're listening to Damon John's, um, power shift book and, you know, in it, he kind of talks about something similar. He talks about before he asks for anybody for anything, he wants to do something three times for them um, and create value three times for them before Mm -hmm. he would reach out and try to engage and, oh, hey, is there any way you could help me with X, Y, and Z? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think that's a great way or a great framework to kind of take a look at it. Um, I just would always do that, not thinking, Mm -hmm. oh, hey, (laughs) you know, I'm trying to ask him for something, but being able to do that and, and help people and work with them over the years um, has been able to create that, um, for me. Uh, and then obviously my podcast, um, having people on, um, helps significantly, um, as well. And I didn't 
realize that when I first started it. Yeah. Um, but it's been coming out like uh, when Damon John's new book came out back in February, his team had reached out like, Hey, we want to get him on the show. You're one of the go-to podcasts for us, things like that. Mm-hmm. But, but by my, not having him on two, two, two or three other times before, I think he's on either three or four times so far. Um, but by not having him on before that and creating value and then staying connected in the interim and then, um, it, you know, sometimes his PR team would reach out and it's like, Hey, can you have this guest on your show? And then mm. I could have said, no, I don't even know right. who they are, but right, right. I was like, Hey, yeah, not a problem. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. That creates that relationship capital, you know? And then when you're like, Oh, Hey, I have, can, can you guys help me out with this? They're more, you know, more likely to help you out with that at that time. So creating value as much as you can for somebody else, however you can, um, mm. you know, I think is huge. Yeah, no, I mean, it could be as simple as, like you said, just helping them share their stuff and being, uh, you know, someone that comments and, and whatever, like it doesn't have to be like a huge give yet because you don't, maybe you don't have the assets yet. Right. Right. But once you build it up, like you said, you didn't, maybe you didn't have a podcast, but then now you do have one. So now you can use that as leverage and you know, it's a cool way of doing it. So I like sure. that. Okay. Uh, but I do have one quick, quick one here. Let's let, let's just, it, you, you talked about your kids starting their own business from scratch. What would you do? If you were to start your own business from scratch today and all you had was a laptop, what are you doing? Oh man. Uh, for me, um, you know, I would, I, if I didn't have a podcast, I was starting off from scratch. I mean, that would probably be one of the first things I would do is start a podcast to, um, start to create branding, um, mm-hmm. and positioning. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> from there, um, uh, find out basically what, where that gap is. Um, in the marketplace um, with that and then try to um, help people with, with coaching around that or, uh, uh, you know, as a good way to do it. Um, it might be a quick, quick, easy way, uh, yeah. you know, based on experience and stuff. Yeah, no, I, I like it. I mean, I didn't mean to throw you on the spot there, but you no, that's good. okay. <laughs> I was trying to think off the cuff and something. No, no, you did great because it's like, it's like build audience, give value, yeah. see what they need, fill the void, sell it to them, right? Like, it's, it's basic to you and I a lot of times, but it's like a lot of people overcomplicate that. And I, I just like that. It was like super simple, right? Yeah, like, just, I was like, how can I make it real simple? <laughs> oh, that was good. That, that was good. Cause everything else kind of fills in, like everything else will start happening after the fact. It's right. a matter. I mean, I started the, this podcast uh, and I had nothing to sell. It was like, I'm just going to build the audience and we'll see where it leads me. And here we are. Um, so anyway, all right. Thank you for doing that. I appreciate yeah. it. How can people learn more? about Josh and, and everything that you're up to. Let everyone know how they can get a hold of you. Sure. Uh, easiest way is just hit up my website. It has all my social tags, everything on there. Um, the podcast Making Bank is on there. Um, but it's just Josh Felber, F as in Frank, E-L, B as in boy, E-R.com. And all the information's there. You can uh, follow um, blo- blo- updated blogs and podcasts and all the great stuff. Awesome. Hey, Josh, thank you so much, man, for doing this. And uh, I really appreciate you. And, uh, and man, there's a lot of gold nuggets there. There's a lot of, there's a lot of ad strategy stuff that we went over, which I didn't even plan on. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so man, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Good luck to everything that you're up to. We'll probably have to maybe do a, maybe do a follow-up and we'll see what you've been up to uh, in a future date. So thanks again, man. For sure, Scott, an honor. And uh, thank you again. And I uh, really appreciate being on the show. Awesome, man. Thanks. All right. Well, I wasn't kidding, right? What a great conversation. And I had no idea which way that this was going to go. Uh, I just kind of said, you know what, let's just get on and jam a little bit. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about business, a little bit about life, parenting, a little bit about how this entrepreneurial space is, you know, really kind of crazy at times and, and all of that stuff. So hopefully you've learned something. And if anything, just allow yourself to, to say, you know what, it's okay that sometimes I feel a little bit all over the place or I feel a little bit overwhelmed. It's normal, but you also need to recognize that and then put things in order that will allow you to not feel that way. And I think one of the big things that I took away from this interview was how Josh was saying, include the kids, right? Bring them into the actual process. Let them help a little bit, right? Not like you're putting them to work necessarily, which isn't a bad thing, but really including them. This way here, you're not necessarily spending time away from them. And I think there's a lot of life lessons that come with being an entrepreneur. And I know my own kids have learned a ton, right? And 
They're going to continue to learn as I learn, right? And I'm going to learn from them now, which is really cool. So I'm going to go ahead and link everything up on the show notes as far as how you can get in touch with Josh or if you want to follow up with him. He does have some really good resources on his podcast and on his website. So definitely go check him out. I will link everything up on the show notes to this episode, which is 867. So brandcreators.com forward slash 867. So hopefully you've enjoyed this interview as much as I've enjoyed hanging out with Josh and you know what? There's a lot more to come. I actually have another guest that we just got booked to be on the show. And I am super excited about this guest because he was just recently on a television show. Actually, it was a Netflix original. And I was actually turned on to that show. And I am not going to give it away yet. You got you to gotta stay tuned. Uh, but uh, he was on this show with another very, very uh, popular and famous uh, co-star and uh, it was just a great show it was an eight episode series and uh, it was just awesome and uh, I actually uh, well I didn't my wife actually booked him on the show so we're going to be uh, recording that here in September and it will probably be airing in late September so you're gonna have to stay tuned but that's what these shows are all about these Wednesday episodes are really me going out there finding some really cool people that I'm either inspired by, motivated, or I just want to sit down and have a candid conversation so we can learn together and really just allow you to see the inner workings of other successful people, but also their flaws and that it's not always easy. And what can we learn from these people? So, you know, you're going to have to stay tuned, but I am really excited about these upcoming guests that I have, just like today's with Josh. So again, definitely stay tuned to the podcast and do me a favor. If you found this episode helpful or any of the other ones, do me a favor, leave a little, a little review over there on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast. That would mean the world to me and uh, let other people know about the podcast. All right, guys. So that's it. That's going to wrap it up. As always, remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you. But you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Now let's rock your brand.